Hey there, good morning everyone. Welcome to another edition of Akron Alliance Fellowship Church's live stream Sunday School. Thanks for being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines and uh, of course Akron Alliance Fellowship Church is in Akron, Ohio. We will be getting started now this morning uh, and good morning Laura. I'll be getting started with music to allow people to jump on with us while we uh, get ready to have some Sunday School. Uh, for right now, let's listen to Better by Hezekiah Walker. It'll get you going. It'll get you started. So here comes the music. And again, thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. <clears throat> hello, hello, everybody. Hope you got your coffee. I need it. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Better days are ahead. Hey, Clorinda, good morning. Thanks for being here. Wake up, wake up, everybody. Time for Sunday school. going to get better. Amen. I'm hearing the same message from different people saying the same thing. God is in control. It's going to get better. Don't stare at those things that are uncertain or that you can't control. Focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, Jackie. God bless you. Good to see you. automatically better when you have a good cup of coffee to start with. Good morning, Angie. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Amen. People all over the world. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Vic. Vic and Liz, I'm going to assume. Good morning. Good morning, Arlen. He's already making it better. the victory, everybody. We already have the victory. 
Charles and Joanna, good morning. Thanks for being here. God is in control. Amen. That was Hezekiah Walker with a, a version of Better. I think he's got several versions of that, but uh, that was Better by Hezekiah Walker. And we thank you for being here this morning. Thank you again for the music selection to get us started. Thanks, and Arlen. Thank you, Arlen. <laughs> Thanks, Arlen. Um, my lovely bride will tell it like it is as well, too. Um, there are a few announcements this morning I want to make sure I cover before we get into Sunday School. Uh, Sunday School is, is going to be a great lesson and a message that we all need to carry with us and, and remember about the uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and frankly, he is the high priest. We, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get further along, and we'll get into that. As you know, it's been a busy weekend for those of you who have been around our church. We've had the International Workers Conference, and uh, today it's going to kind of conclude. It was uh, it, it will it will conclude with a message uh, from the international worker in question that we uh, uh, have been welcoming. We want to make sure that um, so there will not be because of that we're not going to be broadcasting that message uh, over uh, Facebook or anything like that because there's a uh, the reason why we even use the term international workers now, it has everything to do with making sure that uh, those individuals are protected from any uh, issues that can take place uh, when they're doing service in those countries. So there will be a message online, God will help you. That's a throwback message from April of 2020 that Gus, Gus presented uh, for, our, uh, for the church. And it has application today because we want to look at uh, all the people who have been actively involved in the world today as far as helping other individuals, first responders, uh, nurses, doctors, all the people who are involved with uh, all the things that have been taking place over the last, uh, well, it's almost two years now. We're, 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 getting, we're not quite there yet, but it's getting to that point where it's going to be that way. And we just want to give a, a tribute to them, but also remember that our true help comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to make sure that we're focusing on that. So that's today's message online. That'll be on the timeline for the uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page timeline following Sunday School. So for those of you who are not coming to church or are out of the area, you can see that as well, too. Good morning, Roscoe. Uh, good morning, Laura, again. Uh, <laughs> and Jackie. Um, maybe bouncing around with Wi-Fi. We'll have to see. You guys just hang in there with that. Um, also, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm pointing out that the worship service today at church is indoors. It will be inside today. A little cool today to be outside, a little cool and breezy. So we'll be indoors today. There will be protocols followed for indoor visits at our church right now that we're still implementing. Temperatures, temperature checks, masks are recommended for those individuals who uh, need, want to use them. They are, um, for those who are comfortable with that, you can use those masks if you need to. And we are recommending social distance seating, if at all possible, as well, too. We'll, um, but the important, part, the important part there is to go and support the international worker who's going to be giving the message today. And we appreciate you guys coming to see him and see him, see him off as well, too. No, no photos in church. No oh, yes. Okay. Uh, my, my lovely bride reminded me, no photos in church. Do not take photos and put them up to social media, please. Uh, we want to do that. Make sure that we're taking care of our business, taking care of our business here as we host these conferences. We want to do that. And special tap, uh, hat tip to Kingsway as well for being involved in the process. Uh, this afternoon at 5 o'clock is a Zoom Bible study. Ha, almost forgot. 
<laughs> it's been such a busy weekend. But Zoom Bible study will be available at 5 o'clock today. So uh, we're looking forward to sitting down and having a, a quiet moment, uh, looking at Scripture. Uh, we welcome uh, anybody who wants to participate. If you are not on our list of email participants, uh, please send your email address to akronalliance at gmail.com. Alliance, all one word, at gmail.com. If you want to participate, you're going to need to have a Zoom already on your device. You're going to have to have that. You, you cannot, uh, uh, can't participate if you don't already have Zoom installed. So for those of you, we've already done this before. You're already set to go. But uh, just make sure that you have uh, Zoom ready to go. Uh, it'll be, you'll get the invitation uh, about 4 o'clock Eastern time uh, to log into the Bible study. So look for that on your email address, and, and then the rest you can just do on your own. Just click on the link, and we'll see you then. Zoom Bible study today at 5 o'clock. Please remember your tithes and offerings, everybody. We, we want to make sure that we're giving uh, and continuing to give. We're going to certainly want to look at contributing to the international worker, but we also want to make sure we're taking care of business when it comes to our church. We'll make sure that we uh, provide the appropriate tithes and offerings. For those of you who are mailing your uh, tithes or offerings, uh, you would mail it to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. That is the address. And I see we have connectivity issues, so hang in there, everybody. Uh, for those of you who are dealing with that Wi-Fi, can't predict it, don't know why it happens that way, just uh, hang in there. I can, I can see your names. I don't know how well you can see me, but just hang in there with that. Um, Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio. That's the address for mailing your tithes and offerings. And we appreciate your participation. We're still running a church. We still have a lot of church activity that we want to cover. We want to make sure that we're covering the, the, even the aspect of taking care of others in need as well, too. That's the reason why we give. That's the reason why we participate. And we want to make sure that, you know, the church is supposed to be the leading force in the world today when it comes to benevolence and taking care of individuals in, in great need and we know that that's really not the case sometimes we but when it comes to our area our neighborhood our streets we want to be the one at the forefront to be able to help people in need please give from that perspective give to the church so that we can have that as a resource we appreciate you doing that okay and one quick tip one more thing about remembering how facebook works sometimes you have to refresh your feed. I don't know if that has anything to do with the issues of connectivity. I can't really speak to it. It's always an issue. It seems like an issue every time we, we log on now. So make sure you refresh your feed and just hang in there and be patient and just keep trying uh, if that's what you have to do. Um, and always as a reminder, whatever you miss here, you can always look at later on. It'll be available for replay on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started with the lesson today. It is a lesson that is going to kind of summarize what we have been uh, talking about for the last couple of chapters in the book of Hebrews. Uh, it's, uh, it's a short chapter, Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. That's the entire chapter, Hebrews 8, verses 1 through 13. And it is continuing on the lesson, kind of summarizing the last two chapters, where we were doing all the conversation about Jesus, uh, about Melchizedek, um, Jesus being like Melchizedek as far as uh, having no beginning or no end when it comes to his uh, priesthood. That's what we want to refer to here. 
and we're going to summarize it in this particular chapter. The high priest of a new covenant. That is what we're going to discuss today. Um, a lot is going on. I'm, I'm making sure that I'm, I'm letting you know that it is very, very important for us to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ now and for the rest of your life. Uh, just stay focused on him. The times are getting more difficult. There is a lot more stress out there. There is a lot more anxiety out there. There are, there are people who, unfortunately, who are believers who are uh, also allowing what they see to impact them to the degree that uh, they are losing hope. Uh, I can't stress enough how important it is for you to not lose hope, to stay focused on the Lord. The Lord is your hope. He is our eternal. He is where our eternal life resides. He is where... We need to be putting all of our focus. It is very important for us to keep doing that very thing. Do not let Satan distract you. And, and Satan has distracted people in many, many ways over the past several months um, as to focusing on all the negative things, all the bad things, all the things that are taking place. And I'm not minimizing those things. I can't change anything about those things that have taken place. And they are very serious and they have been very highly impactful. And people have lost their lives. We get that, and we understand that. Um, but we also recognize that our eternity, our life, is wrapped up in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the most important thing that we can do as believers right now is to study, stay focused on the Word, as we're doing right now, what we will be doing, to be prayerful and pray for other people that you know who are struggling right now, especially family members, people that you are close to, that's, that's going to be what we need to be doing. We have to be focusing on that as a, as a people, as a church, um, as a city, as a town, as a country. These are all things we have to do. And when we talk about this, this is a worldwide event, and we are in what I would call worldwide missions. And so we need to be prayerful. I, I know for a fact that my, my lovely bride has international friends. There are people that she's communicated with overseas in Europe, and, and there are people there that have that had the same struggles or similar struggles that we have had, and so we need to recognize that all of these people need to be prayed, prayed over and prayed for, and, and God hears our prayers. If we just take that time to focus on those things and, and just be prayerful, we're going to recognize that God answers those prayers. We have, we have seen God answer prayers as a church over the last few weeks. By I won't recount all the events, but I mean even praying over uh, Mariah and her her child who was born, uh, and they're both doing well. But I'll just share with you, it was prayer that was really really important at that point when 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 she was in labor. We we had to and Miss and Miss Bess as well. Yeah, we we've had many answers to prayer. A praying church, the prayers of the righteous do avail much. <clears throat> and I just want to keep emphasizing that. I don't want to ever stop emphasizing that thing. So that's what we need to stay focused on. And now is a good time for us to get into looking at this high priest that we're paying attention to and we're focusing on. Um, stay prayerful, everybody. Everything is going to be all okay. We, we just need to make sure that we're focusing on him and not focusing on those things that look like disaster you know sometimes things look like a disaster and they don't turn out to be anything like that but we can make it that way if we put stress and worry into it so please focus on those things as well too let's go ahead and pray and uh 
I hope that uh, you take that in the best spirit, that it's, it's on my heart. I keep seeing the same messages about how God is in control. He truly is. And he is returning soon. He's coming soon. He is going to reign over um, his, this world for a thousand years. That will be happening. That's going to happen in the future. Now, no one knows the day or hour when that's all going to take place. And honestly, I don't think you want to know. I think you just want to keep living for Jesus Christ right now and let him take care of those details. And then we'll just be, we'll be ready when he's here. That's the way I'm looking at it right now. So let's go ahead and pray. Amen. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to, Lord, just sit quietly now and take a deep breath and just calm our souls, calm our spirit. Allow the spirit to speak to us now. We thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you for your mercy and grace. For without that, we would not be anywhere near where we are right now. But we are so thankful of your presence this morning. We thank you for answers to prayer. We thank you for hearing our prayers and responding. Because, Lord, you are indeed righteous. You're the one who is in control of all situations. You know the outcome before we can ever even imagine it. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for your ongoing presence. Help us, Lord, to seek after you rather than you have to chase after us. And we give you praise and thanks. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 1 through 13. Hebrews 8, 1 to 13. And, and just as a reminder for everyone, all, like I said, all of these uh, lessons are available for replay uh, on our Facebook page, our Akron Alliance Facebook page. We also have um, the audio portions available on our podcast, Akron Alliance Fellowship's podcast. So you don't, you're never going to miss anything. Uh, you just uh, hang in there and just stay with it. But we do have the audio podcast. We do have all of those things available for you as a resource to help you stay focused on uh, not just Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. That's not the point. But just to be able to be stay focused on the word and stay focused on God's teachings. I, I pray that that's what you're doing. So just keep those things in mind, too. Okay, let's start at Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. And we're going to read from the New Living Translation. And you'll see how this is a summary, literally a summary of what we've talked about for the last several weeks. But it's a great summary. So here we go. Hebrews 8, verse 1. Here is the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must make an offering too. Verse 4, if he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest, since there already are priests who offer the gifts required by the law. Verse 5, they serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build a tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. Verse 6. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry 
that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with the people, he said, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. Now, keep this in mind as I, as I continue reading here, too, because this is something that the audience, the Jewish Christians, would be very familiar with if they knew anything about the old book of the law. Verse 9, Hebrews 8. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Verse 11, And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. Verse 12, And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Verse 13, When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. All right, that's Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. That is the summary, essentially, of what we have been covering for the past few weeks, as I had mentioned. And I want to go back to the top and reintroduce some information here and give you some clues as to where this is being pulled from. I'm going to stand by my comment from a while ago saying that this, this reads like a sermon or a series of sermons and messages because it absolutely just falls in line and keeps going into a place of making an emphasis. One of the tools in, in, in delivering sermons or speaking about sermons is that you provide points of data bullet points maybe, you know, point A, point B, point C, and reinforce those points as you go through the message, and then you have a, a summary and a conclusion that summarizes what you've just covered. That's exactly what's happening here in Hebrews chapter 8. It's the same type of format. It's a letter. It's written in a letter form. All sermons can be written in the letter forms. That's the whole point. The point is, is that it's a message for the people, the audience, to learn more about the subject, and reinforcement is a huge teaching tool, everybody. If, I don't know if you've heard that before or not. Perhaps you have or haven't. But reinforcement is what is being taking place here in Hebrews chapter 8 about previous material and reinforcing the point about Jesus being the high priest. Remember, you're teaching some people who at the time did not have any other concept than the old Mosaic Jewish law. And they knew about all the priests and they know where they came from and um, the, the Levites were all the priests. Here we're talking about a whole different system, a whole different way of doing things, and that's exactly what's taking place here. And so now this is being taught and re-emphasized for the audience. Now let me tell you something. Guess what? It's being re-emphasized for us too, because sometimes we lose sight of who really is in control. We lose sight of who's in really, really in charge here. Just because you can't see Jesus uh, in person in physicality you know he's present 
because of the fact that you have, number one, the dwelling, the indwelling Holy Spirit, and you can see it based upon how he responds to your prayers. It, he is there. He is definitely there. He is an active, living God, and he wants to make himself known to you for as much as you want to seek out. And so we want to recognize that as well, too. Let's go back to Hebrews 8.1. Here is the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. So that's what that's referring to Jesus Christ. Verse 2, there he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. That's also important to emphasize, too. Human hands have never touched <laughs> what, what God has provided for us in heaven. Okay, Verse 3, and since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must make an offering, too. And he did make an offering for us, and we need to understand that. Uh, of course, he, he he dispenses grace all the time, amen? But the one offering that he made, of course, was his sacrifice on the cross for us, for all for all time, for all eternity. Um, now, look, let's look at verse 4. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest, since there are already are already are priests who offer the gifts required by the law. Now, understand something. There are still priests that are in place at the time of this writing. The priests are there under the old Jewish system. They're still present. Let's, let's look at this for what it really is. The, the Jesus Christ, his headship is a break-off from all of that. He is the end result of the Jewish law. He is the one who is the fulfillment of the Jewish law. And they have to be taught this. They have to learn this. They have to understand that. Under the old Jewish system, priests were chosen only from the tribe of Levi. Remember we mentioned the Levites, right? the tribe of Levi, and there are 12 tribes. We, we, of course, remember that. And sacrifices were offered daily on the altar for forgiveness of sins. Now let's take a little quick back, real quick, at uh, Hebrews chapter 7. Go back to Hebrews 7, verses 12 through 14. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices uh, to Hebrews 7, verses 12 through 14. I want you to look at this really quick. This is kind of a, a replay of what we have already discussed. But I want to give emphasis now to what we're looking at as far as what was expected and what the expectation is now that we have a new high priest. A new high priest. So verse 12 of Hebrews 7, uh, also the NLT version, and if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. See what is, what's being said here? Verse 13, for the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests. Now remember, where is Jesus Christ coming through? Tribe of Judah. A little bit different. Verse 14, what I mean is our Lord came from the tribe of Judah, which is what I just said, and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. So something had to happen to make the change. In order to allow for that, the system would normally not have allowed Jesus to be a priest because he was from the tribe of Judah. But his perfect sacrifice ended all need for further priests. We don't need those Old Testament priests. We don't need those Old Testament sacrifices because of his eternal sacrifice for us on the cross. The need for those priests is no longer uh, necessary. It was no longer necessary then. Now, you got people who are still, you know, uh, old habits are hard to break, amen? 
They still, <laughs> they're, they're sometimes, they're still stuck in the old law because you have to understand something. A lot of people back then did not believe that Christ had come, that, that the Messiah had come. So you have to recognize that there's conflict here within this teaching because of what's taking place that's still going on right then. Now, it's not going on now. To my, It should not be going on now. But back then, it definitely was going on still. So the teacher here, the one who's giving the lesson here, is showing us that we don't need that old priesthood anymore. If Jesus is the high priest, and he is, and he is the one who died on the cross for us and did the sacrifice for us for all eternity, why is there a need for a blood sacrifice? Where is there a, why is there a need for grain sacrifice? Why is there a need for any kind of sacrifice on the altar? There is none. That's the whole point. We don't need to do those things to atone for sin because that's all that that was really for anyway. It was for the atonement of sin uh, or the recon- you know, reconciliation of dealing with the fact that you had sin. But we don't need to do that anymore other than just reconcile ourselves to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that would take care of all of it. And that's what we want to emphasize here. Now, back again, just summarizing about <clears throat> excuse me, verse 4. The use of the present tense. So understand the present tense was being used here in, in Jesus, or pardon me, in, in Hebrews 8 4, about how the priests were offering the gifts. And let me point something out here, too, also. This book, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, was written before AD 70. What happened in AD 70? The temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. And that effectively ended all the sacrifices. Anybody who was still practicing sacrifices at that point. Uh, that was eliminated uh, once that temple was destroyed. And, and Jesus, of course, mentioned that and said that that temple was going to be knocked down and, and it would be eliminated. And But not by anything that, other than the fact that it was allowed to happen and God allowed it to happen because there was no need. First of all, there was no need for it anyway. But it was also a sign that the people of Jerusalem who were not being faithful, who were not trusting in the Lord, who were not following him, uh, they basically were punished. They had a consequence to their failure to have faith. And that's what that temple destruction is all about. It was a, a lesson for the, the Jews, uh, the people in Israel. But let's get back to our particular part of this where we're recognizing that Jesus Christ is indeed the one that we look to to worship and praise. He is our eternal sacrifice. No, no, no longer a need for the priests to do those things. That's what we're emphasizing here. Okay, let's go back to Hebrews 8. Let's look at verse 5 and pick up from there. They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain, a very specific uh, command given to Moses. We're not just doing copycat stuff. We're doing the exact way that God had described it. Why? Because it was a shadow of the real one in heaven, the type of worship. He was basically showing us something about worship and how it is to be looked upon and how it's supposed to be viewed. The pattern for the tabernacle that was built by Moses was given to him by God. It was a pattern of the spiritual reality of Christ's sacrifice, 
See, it's even pointing directly to Christ as well, too. And thus it looked forward to the future reality. There is no tabernacle in heaven of which the earthly one is a copy, but rather the earthly tabernacle was an expression of eternal theological principles. Even way back then when the tabernacle was represented, it was God showing us the principles of worship, the principles of what it meant to have eternal life, all the things that we look at right now and we focus directly on who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our eternal life. Jesus Christ is our representation. Jesus Christ is the one who knows our names, knows who we are, knows that we, because we believe in him, we will have this place in heaven with him where we can all worship him and praise him. And that's what we have to look forward to. But back in the days of Moses, the tabernacle was establishing all of these things as far as the importance of worship, how to worship, how to go about it, and that's what we really want to see here. So I hope you can see that, and I hope you can recognize that. So because the temple at Jerusalem had not yet been destroyed, using the worship system there as an example would have a great impact on the original audience because they would recognize the tabernacle, yes, the priests, how they were to behave, what they were supposed to do, how, how much reverence God was supposed to be shown. He, that's a teaching for all of us. You have to understand that some people don't take the worship aspect of following Jesus Christ very seriously, and they need to. They absolutely have to take it seriously. It's not something to be blown off. We, we have to recognize that there are people who go to church who are hurting and may not praise and worship in the same way that some of the loudest of us will do and because that's it's their style it's, it's how God does not look upon how much noise we make it, certainly it's great if it's, if it's a joyful noise that's what he wants to hear but he wants to see our hearts he wants to see our minds he wants to see our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ when we worship him worship is involving Jesus in all aspects of our life. Not just in church, by the way. Worship takes place anywhere and everywhere. Worship takes place outside the building of, of the church. It takes place at your workplace. It takes place at home. It takes place in conversations. It takes place out in stores, grocery stores, department stores, wherever you go. Your worship is active and ongoing for Jesus Christ because you have the indwelling Holy Spirit that helps you with this. And we'll look at that a little bit later, too, because the Spirit gives us the right mindset and right attitude. We, we, we have to understand that without the Spirit, we would not be worshiping the Lord, plain and simple. Our flesh would tell us it's much more important for us to worship ourselves or worship anything other than the Lord. But let's not focus on that. Let's focus on what uh, the Spirit is doing for us today and what, and what we, we recognize that without the Spirit, we wouldn't be who we are. We wouldn't be anywhere near who we are. So Moses saw the importance of building a tabernacle according to the exact specs, the exact specifications that God had given to him. So that's what we're looking at here. Now go to verse 6. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant, based covenant with God based on better promises. What promises do we have now with this new covenant? The Lord says he's prepared a place for us. The Lord says we will have eternal life with him. 
For God so, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Perish is a very important word, isn't it? Perish means that you will, will perish from your existence, but you'll also be separated from the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be separated from God for, for all eternity if you do not believe in him because you've basically said there's no need for me to acknowledge you even though you created me, you saved me, you did it. You were the one who could have saved me. But if you made the commitment to say that you you know, you know don't want to live for Christ, then you made a determination you don't need Christ. And so people always look at what God is doing and condemning. I've got a future message coming up about something that someone wrote to me uh, very recently about. Uh, it was a letter to the church, and it was a letter specifically talking about different Christian factions and fighting taking place in churches. And is your Christianity better than somebody else's Christianity? It's like, no, it's not a bit... First of all, no no Christianity is better than any other Christianity. Why? Because we all sin. We all transgress against God. We we all do things that we know that we shouldn't be doing. We are imperfect. And frankly, it's Christ who makes us perfect. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his grace. And so that's a that's a lesson for all of us to remember here is that without Jesus Christ, we would be nowhere. Nowhere. And we also need to have a confidence going forward too because we all know we're not going to live forever we're not going to be around here but we need to have the confidence that jesus christ has our souls in his hands he has everything about our lives in his hands these are things we need to recognize here so even if we leave here we know we have an eternal place that we're going to that it's not a bad thing it's not a concession it's not like a settling for anything we're not settling for anything other than the lord jesus christ uh, doing these wonderful things for us. And that's what we have to pay attention to here. The Lord has us in his hands. If we have that relationship with him, uh, he says no one will snatch us out of his hand ever. That's an eternal promise. That's what I mean by eternal promises. He keeps his promises. We're going to see that as time goes on. We're going to recognize that as we see additional fulfillments to prophecy. We'll see all these promises. Okay, so the better promises are, are, are out there. We know what they are. Verse 7, Hebrews 8. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with the people, he said, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. I'm going to keep reading. Verse 9. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their, in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. This is in the message. It's embedded right in here. Let's look at this. Verse 11, and they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Now, that passage is a quotation of Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. We, we don't need to turn to it because we just quoted the exact passage take a word or two there and, and change them, but they're right there. It has the same meaning and purpose. This is showing the uh, similarity between, uh, the comparison between the new covenant with the old. The old covenant was the old law, 
And that's what was being referred to in Jeremiah 31, but now he's also referring to a new law. And so he's prophesying this in Jeremiah. These Hebrew Christians would have seen this. They would have recognized this passage. It's going right back and showing them that the new high priest is what we need to be paying attention to, not the old law, because what, what is Jeremiah saying? He's saying there is a new covenant with the people of Israel. You go back to Hebrews 8.8, 8, you can see it there. It's a new covenant. It's not like the one made before. That's what he's saying here in the passage. And because it was, a, it was a covenant that was made, but the people weren't being faithful anyway. And God knew that they wouldn't be faithful. That's the thing we need to recognize here, too. You have to understand something. Why the need for all the sacrifices, the, all, the, the grain offerings, the, the blood sacrifice offerings with the, with the animals? Why the need for that? People need to be shown they sinned, and they needed to atone for that sin. They were getting into a practice and understanding that God was the only one who could atone their sin, who could take care of their sin. That's why all the way back to Moses with the whole tabernacle thing and making sure it was done the right way. And look at verse 10 again. I will put my laws into their mind, in their minds. This is part of the new covenant. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people direct from Jeremiah 31. That's what we need to recognize here. And there's more to cover here because we need to understand that the new and better way that's being referred to when Jeremiah prophesied it, and it's mentioned here in Hebrews, the new and better way ultimately has to do with the covenant of grace. Christ's offer to forgive our sins and bring us to God through his sacrifice, his dying on the cross for us. That's the perfect covenant as far as God is concerned. It's the one that works for us. It works well for us because we have fellowship with Jesus Christ because we believe and trust in him. What was what was the whole purpose of Jesus being on earth and walking the earth? For people to believe. All he was doing was getting people to believe that he was the one chosen by God to come. He was the Messiah. He was the one that you had to recognize and just believe in him. And that's all that he talked about all throughout the Gospels. Just believe in him. And that's the same thing that we're saying here today. This worldwide ministry that our church is part of, our, our people are a part of, the people that you know, you're all part of this ministry to reach individuals for the sake of understanding that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And these are things that you can recite and tell people about. You can go to Romans Road, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It, Ultimately, what it comes down to is faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you don't speak it, people won't know it. If you don't say it, people can't talk about it. If you don't relay it, if you don't convey it, then it's just going to stay with you and it needs to be going into all the world and preaching the gospel. That's the whole point of the International Workers Conference we're involved in. That's the, the, the whole point of everything that we're talking about here. If you don't talk about it, if you don't talk about the word, Remember that verse again, Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you've got to hear it. You've got to have it. You had to listen to it yourself to make a decision about who Christ was. You have to speak it for people to understand it and even ask questions about it. Put it out there. Let people ask questions about it. It's not your gospel. It's his gospel. That's the whole point. So we need to keep those things in mind when we look at this. And... Understand something, too. When we look at this new way of doing things as far as this new covenant, remember, if you, you can squelch the Spirit and it keeps you from speaking the truth about Jesus Christ, 
And you have to understand that the Holy Spirit is in enabling us to be able to speak the truth about God. Take a quick look and understand that this is not about just doing what God says because we want to obey God. That's why the Spirit is present. He wants to give us what we need, that we want to obey him. We have a desire to obey him. It's not because our arm is twisted behind our backs. You can make a decision to not follow the Lord as a believer if you choose to. Now, you, you deal with the consequences with that, but ultimately, the Spirit should be compelling you to want to serve him. Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13 is what I was trying to get to here as I'm talking myself. Yeah. <laughs> Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. I'll tell you, the Lord is good. The Spirit gives you the desire to want to obey God. Um, if you have a new heart, if you turn your life over to Jesus Christ, you automatically have a new heart, a new way of seeing things. The old things are being have passed away, and the new things are now what we are to focus on and pay attention to. Philippians 2:12, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Um, that's Paul speaking. Now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Look at this. Work hard to show the results of your salvation because if you don't talk about it, if you don't live it, who's going to know, right? But even the Holy Spirit will show people that you're different. Work hard to show the results of your salvation obeying God with deep reverence and fear because you recognize that he is Lord. You do so. And when we say fear, it's fear as in reverence, not as in fear as in, oh my goodness, in fear. Reverence. Reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ. Respect. All this talk about wanting respect nowadays. I mean, well, you you disrespected me. You didn't respect me the way I want to. Well, you know, that's fleshly, first of all. We recognize that sometimes we're not going to be treated the way we want to be treated in in many instances. and, And ultimately, God just says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. There's always a response that you have, and the response is usually found in Christ. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. You've been disrespected, then don't worry about it. The bottom line is that Jesus Christ is the one who's honoring you. It's not about other people honoring you. And I think that that's important for us to see. Let me read verse 13 in Philippians 2. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He gives us what we need. When we say he gives us what we need, we kind of use that as a very general statement. But Jesus Christ truly does give us what we need. What we need to function. What we need to serve him. What we need to be enabled. When we're dead tired, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, helps us to find a way to still worship him anyway. And that's what's wonderful about uh, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us what we need to, to be able to do this. And so under God's new covenant that we've just referred to, the law is inside of us. It's no longer based upon the writings and the, uh, of the rules and principles. It's no longer based upon that. The Spirit is the one who helps us when it comes to making decisions. The Spirit is present. The Spirit reminds us of Christ's words. He reminds us of the life of Christ, of Christ's actions, his motives. Um, It helps us to be able to live in such a way where we want to honor him. Our motives and desires should match up and line up with those of Christ. That's what we are to do, and that's what the Spirit reminds us as we go forward. And 
we, of course, want to always be obedient to God's will, don't we? God's will. That's what we have a desire to do. We always want to be focused on, Lord, what is your will in this situation? Lord, where would you have me to land in this particular instance? What would you have me to do in this particular place? That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit helps us and gives us what we need to be able to be obedient to God and his will. And that's something we should always want with all of our heart, all of our mind. Remember it says, love the Lord your God. Uh, It says it in Deuteronomy 6. It also says it in Matthew 22. Uh, Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And understanding something that that's a lifestyle for all of us. Not just in words. It's a lifestyle. A lifestyle where people, when you enter a room or you have certain behaviors, that people will automatically look at you and say, there's something about this person that's different. And it's not in any way to puff your ego. For God's sake, no. Uh, It's not about your ego. It's about representing Jesus Christ. That's that's the most important thing here. Too often we get hung up on a lot of details that aren't really going to be uh, helpful for us. Just start with Jesus. Start with allowing the Spirit to speak to you. Start with uh, letting him guide you in your actions and words. And, And understand something. He is the one who cares for us. He loves us more than we could ever understand love, frankly. We, 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 we can't love him the way he loves us because we're just not capable of that because of our fleshly behavior. But he is capable. He is the one who has done it, and he continues to do it. And I just thank the Lord that he is going to always do that. So we're going to summarize and close up here. Uh, I I don't believe I read Hebrews 8.13 a second time. I'll do that now. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. And what he's saying, the writer of Hebrews is saying here, it is going to soon disappear. It's going to disappear in a few years uh, based upon uh, the covenant was already unnecessary at that point because Jesus Christ was present. But what we look to and we say, oh, it's always going to be around, right? You know, there are a lot of people who... If you stay alive long enough, you'll see things that were built in your lifetime and have been torn down in your lifetime, and you'll never see them again. Um, things that come to mind, the, the, the old uh, Richfield Coliseum uh, back in 19, was it, uh, 1970. Uh, 1970 was when it was built. It was built, and one of the first concerts there was Frank Sinatra. Um, and, of course, that's where all the Cavs games were played. That's where hockey games were played. All different types of concerts took place. That's a the Coliseum is a field right now. It's owned by the National Park Service. It was torn down many years ago. It's it had a life it had a life cycle I think of about approximately 30 years. 30 or so years and that's about it and it's gone. We, what we recognize that there are things that like I said were built in our lifetime and they're going to be torn down. And what the people had to see here is that they they see those temples uh in Jerusalem and the temple itself, the main temple, and they're figuring it's going to be there forever, but it's going to be torn down and destroyed. It's going to be, it's going to disappear. They had to see this as part of prophecy that it was not going to be around for a while. The whole way, old way of worshiping, is going to disappear because you have a new way. The old way is obsolete. That's what's being said here in Hebrews eight thirteen. It's summarizing the previous chapters about Melchizedek and the Jesus and. And who this new priest is, the high priest is, we no longer need the old priesthood. That's what we have now is the new priesthood. Amen and amen. The life that we have in Jesus Christ uh, is never going to be boring. 
Um, we need, if it is boring, something's wrong. Honestly, really, it truly. Remember, if your life in Christ is boring, if it's just mundane. Now, I understand that there's a difference between boring and where you feel like you're having a dry spell. That's a little different. It's not boring. You're still very active in praying and seeking the Lord to resolve the dry spell you're in. But boring, no way. No way should your life be like that. If it's boring, something's not right. There should be a joy in your faith. There should be a joy in your faith. Even when you are inadequate in Christ, there should be a joy in how you see things in faith. Recognize that as you move forward. You should be prayerful. What did I say at the top of this lesson today? Prayerful. Be prayerful. Stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, read and study the word. Stay in the word. And I'll just mention it again. Stay. Up. Please stop watching television, uh, watching the news. Um, it's depressing if you watch too much of it. There, There's no way that you should be focused on what's going on there when you can focus on him. Focus on Jesus Christ because you, you get a sense of what's going on right now. Satan, We're in Satan's domain. If we're in Satan's domain, what do you expect? What's your expectation? Do you expect things to be better because you're in Satan's domain? Or does Jesus Christ help you to manage what's going on here on earth and give you the sense of joy that you should have and knowing that you already have the victory? Remember, play to win. Don't play not to lose. You already have the victory in Christ. It's time to live for Jesus Christ. Focus on the fact that he is our high priest. We are in the new covenant. And understand that we're going to have moments where things get dry. We got that. But we should always be growing. And as we are getting through those moments of dryness, uh, dry spell is what we call it, uh, you're reading and studying his word. You're praying. You're seeking him. You're meditating on it. God's going to speak to you in that moment of dryness. God's going to speak to you in that moment where you really need something to help you to keep moving forward. If you really want to mature in Jesus Christ, that's what you should be doing all the time. Amen? That's really the lesson for today. So I trust that we recognize the emphasis here being given on Jesus Christ. That was the whole point. Jesus Christ is indeed the one who we are to focus on and look to. Stop focusing on those things that tear you down, aren't good for you. Stop focusing on those things that you'll see uh, in TV, here on the radio, that tear down Jesus Christ, tear down the gospel, tear down anything that has nothing to do with following Christ. You have to understand something. The world does not embrace Christ. We have to go into all these worlds and preach the gospel for the very purpose of teaching the gospel. That's why we have to go. If they don't hear it, how will they believe? If they don't know it, how can they speak to others about it? That's the whole gospel wrapped up into those sentences as far as what we need to be doing, looking at scriptures, of course, but what we need to be doing as we live and move forward. Live for truth. Focus on Jesus Christ. Don't focus on those things that can hurt you. Amen? That's the lesson to, for today. And remembering that Jesus is indeed our high priest. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you set aside for us to just tr truly look to you and focus on you every day. There are so many reasons that we should be thankful because of your grace, your mercy, all the things you've done for us, that you've prepared this place for us, that we are indeed going to be taking part in.
when we leave here. But Lord, until that time we leave here, Lord, bless us and keep us. Strengthen us. Encourage us. Help us to continue to play to win. Help us to continue to focus on you as we move forward. We want to involve you in all aspects of our life. And we thank you that you're there to do that very thing. Lord, thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your promises, the new promises, the better promises that you speak of in Hebrews. And Lord, they're not just the better promises, they're the best ones. Because we recognize that we have fellowship with you now and even when we leave here. We thank you for everything you're doing for us. Thank you for helping us to live eternally with you because we believe and trust in you. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here today. What a great lesson. Uh, I trust that you got a lot out of that. I want to just emphasize how important it is for you to stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not let the world take you away from that focus. Don't let your circumstances take you from that focus. Always go back to Jesus. He knows everything you're going through. He recognizes it. He also wants you to talk to him and speak to him as you move forward. He loves that. He loves your relationship with him. Amen. Thanks for being here. Stay uh, tuned online for a message, a pre-recorded message from last year about how God is indeed got you. God, uh, God will help you. That's, uh, that's the uh, lesson that's forthcoming. And once again, we will see you in church, those of you in Akron. Uh, we appreciate you being here to, uh, for the International Workers Conference conclusion. God bless you all. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh, same time, same channel. And see you next time.